Hello, listeners, and welcome to Sobertown. I am King13, and I am going to be here today with a follow-up to a podcast that I did um, with a young lady who is back to chat to me and tell me all about what she's discovered. But first, I just want to give a shout-out to Sobertown. Um, if you're on your journey and you're looking for some tools to help you along, or you just feel like you're sort of alone in this in this journey, you're not. There's plenty of people's stories here. There are Todd's blogs. Todd's also got them on audio. He talks about everything to do with the brain and the body. It will make you understand exactly what alcohol does to you. And also the crew at Sobertown are all members of a community called I Am Sober, as I am I and as is my guest today, Little Dev 419. And we it's a great community. It's an app that you can just download for free. It counts the alcohol-free days. You make friends, you get support, and really it makes just a recipe for success. Everybody I know is just thrilled to be a part of it. And again, you don't have to be alone on the journey. So today, as I said, getting back to my guest, we, we caught up about a month ago. Um, I just want to say good morning to little Dev419. How are you? I'm Ooh, good, how are you? <laughs> yeah, look, I'm good. And the reason that it's taken a little longer for you and I to catch up is, as I did, you had COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. I was going pretty good for about two weeks mm. until I was actually feeling up to par and fully back to normal. And what was crazy, you know, because I had it too a while back, is yours was so much worse than mine and lasted so much longer because I had it, I reckon, probably looking back now, maybe three or four months ago since being vaccinated and everything. But, yeah, I was just knocked out for three days, but yours was like really, really different. But I'm glad to see that you're in good health now. Thank you. Yeah, all of us in the house, it hit different. Nobody yeah. was exactly the same. There's four of us, and we all got hit differently, different time frames. So it's pretty weird. Just like uh, just like sobriety, COVID's got its different strengths and, and different days and different right. symptoms, right? So, okay, last time we talked, it was a lot. And I at the time, I didn't delve deeply into each and everything because we could have been talking forever. Um, you talked about childhood growing up outside of LA. I think it was Glendale, if I remember rightly. That was one of the areas. That's where I was born, yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of people, you turned around and you said to me the next day when I checked in, oh, wow, I thought about this and this and this and this. Because we are, you know, it's a lot to take out of you and this is why we do it sometimes in increments like this. To give you a chance to go back and talk about the things that you sort of touched on but didn't go into um, in much depth because there was just a lot to cover. So tell me, what has happened for you and what are some of the things that you realised that you didn't bring up at the time back then? Um, I think one of them was probably my marriage um, to my my ex-husband, my daughter's biological father. There was a lot of stuff that went into that. You know, it wasn't just as simple as we got divorced and like moved on or whatever. There was there there's actually quite a bit that went along with it. Um when we well when we got married, yeah, we drank a lot. Um, like I had said, he had he had some mental disorders and stuff that he didn't he wasn't dealing with at the time. You know, well, now he deals with it, you know, he knows how to deal with it, whatever. But at the time I didn't even know about it. Like I never knew about it because we just drank a lot and that was kind of his way of being normal, trying to like ignore it. Um Ultimately, we ended up getting divorced, um, and then I was 
with someone dating someone for about a year, I actually had gotten my ex-husband work on the property. He's an electrician. And um, the property where I lived, it was, I guess, I guess you'd say kind of like apartments, but they were like full houses, like three bedrooms, two bedrooms, you know what I mean? And there was 12 of them. And uh, mm-hmm. so I got him work there doing electrical. Um, well, he wasn't thrilled with the situation. The person that I was with, he was an overgrown child. Like he just had no motivation for life or anything. And uh, my daughter went with my ex-husband for a weekend visit. So I call him on Sunday. I'm like, okay, what time are you bringing her back? And he said he wasn't. And I'm like, what do you mean? And from that point, I didn't have my daughter for a year because we didn't have any paperwork. We ended up going to court and stuff. And uh, for a year, he actually had custody of my daughter and I got visits um, while we were still battling and stuff like that. Um, Even though regardless of his history and stuff, none of that could be brought up because it was medical stuff, you know? Um, So that was really, really hard for me. Tabitha was about uh, three she was about three years old. Yeah. And uh, it was like the worst thing ever. When I would pick her up, she would be super thrilled and excited and mommy. And when I would have to drop her off, we would just literally sit in the car and cry. Like he would have to sit there with her in the car because she wouldn't want to get in her seat. She would be screaming and crying. And it was like, it was like the most traumatizing thing I've ever been through watching my kid that distressed and, and you know what I mean? Upset. Um and then after that year, one day he calls me and he's like, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, if you don't want her, I'll just, you know, call CPS or something. I'm like, what do you mean if I don't want her? I've been trying to get her back for a year. I never wanted you to have her to begin with. And then he signed his rights over and everything and took off and then moved to Utah, which is where he's been since. Um, later, I ended up finding out that his girlfriend, could, the one thing that he would do because of his, you know, his issues in his head, he dove into his work. He just worked, 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 worked. It's, it's a coping mechanism for him. You know, it's what helped keep him sane, I guess you could say. Um, And he would do that with us. Um, And then with this girl that he was with, basically that's what he was doing. He was working a lot, leaving Tabitha with his girlfriend. They lived together. Well, I come to find out later, um, that she was actually abusing my daughter and that's why Tabitha was so miserable there I would get her for a visit and I pick her up I go to give her a bath and she still had a bruise of a handprint on her butt and this is after time of her even being with them um when if she would have an accident she would make her take like cold showers and stuff like that so yeah it was it was really rough finding that out luckily Tabitha doesn't remember any of it you know because she was so young but that was yeah I yeah and for a long time we didn't communicate eventually because I wanted my daughter to be able to have a relate because he moved to Utah and now he has four children um at the time it was two um because he adopted her too but I couldn't have any more kids so I wanted Tabitha to be able to have a relationship with her siblings you know and uh, so I, you know, I allowed her to talk to him and stuff. So he was, you know, has been kind of in her life that way, communication. He's not a bad person. He just was never present mentally. You know what I mean? 
and just didn't always make the right decisions. And because of that, Tabitha got hurt. Um, so yeah, I, during that year that she was gone, I drank a lot. Then also that was actually when I met my husband. Um, and at the time he would drink also, but, um, he wasn't as heavy a drinker as I was, but it was more like a hanging out partying thing, you know, getting into it. But, so yeah, I drank, I drank a lot during that time. Take, uh, sorry, this is a lot. Um, how does your husband go from just turning up and taking your daughter? I don't understand how that come about because normally with the courts, they'll always side with the mum. Okay. Mm. Is there something there that we don't know about that was a pressing issue for you that you weren't in a good place to well, take no, care I of mean, that? Or, well, no, I mean, how like, does he just take her? Um, so, like, did uh, my, I guess, ex-boyfriend or whatever at the time, he wasn't a bad dude or anything. Like, he wasn't abusive or anything like that. He was just, like, super immature, super immature. I mean, I was, he was my age. So I was, uh, she was about three, so, like, 22, 23 at the time you know, so I was still pretty young, and um, he was just super lazy, like, the situation in itself with us together wasn't going anywhere. One of the, the issues that I had because of, uh, like, the sexual assault and a couple other situations is I always craved attention, wanted to be with somebody, wanted that connection, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. so after him and I had separated, when I had found my ex-boyfriend, um, you know, it was one of those just wanting that connection. But in reality, looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, he was such a loser. <laughs> but again, he wasn't like an abusive person. He just wasn't like not, the relationship wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't going to go anywhere. And my ex-husband knew that. Like he knew the situation wasn't going to be good long term. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Um, he didn't work. Well, he got I guess you could say he got work like our rent was free because for a year because he was painting each one of the units and right. he painted, it was a free month, you know? Um, but it got to a point to where he wasn't even wanting to paint. We were fighting all the time because he wouldn't even just go out that. I'm like, it's rent. Like, you know what I mean? So we were always arguing and he just, yeah, he just, it, the, the situation itself wasn't going to go anywhere. Like it was going to. Right. Right. And so. so yeah okay so your ex-husband observed this doesn't like yeah. what he's seeing between you and the and the boyfriend says yeah. I don't want my daughter to be a part of this and you were very very young like you said yeah. so at the time you sort of thought you could just sort it out with him and share the time but it turns out that he ends up taking yeah her. I mean because I've always got even now that's one thing that I'm like I've really got to get over I've always been the understanding person I've always been the yeah. one yeah you know, especially where my daughter's concerned I want her to be able to have a relationship, you know, right. at the time with her father, you know what I mean? And I would never try to take her away from her family, regardless if I get along with you, it's not the point. It's about her, not about me. Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm the um, same. Yep. And, you know, so of course he wanted to have her for a weekend. So I was like, okay, because he didn't really take her that often because again, he was still, he was still trying to deal with his head and all this mm, stuff. That's he was he was trying to, I think, figure out what he was gonna do. You know, ultimately moving to Utah, he he basically started over. You know, he got rid of everything from his past and and just wanted to start fresh, you know, and, mm -hmm. and feel fresh, which was which is fine, I understand. Um 
but and so yeah when he wanted to visit with her I never saw anything coming but at the same time he never tried to communicate with me or like talk to me about the situation he just took her and didn't never brought her back you know what I mean and I'm like how the hell could you do that to somebody you know and uh and the thing is too Utah was a different state right yeah well he well he wasn't in Utah yet he moved to Utah after he gave up his rights so not oh, in that so I was going to say taking her out of no. state would have been kidnapping. No. Yeah, no, 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 no. He uh he took her uh, or he went to Utah after he gave up his right, rights right. and he was finally just like done. He broke up with a girlfriend and and he basically. Oh, so he was. Off. That was my other question. He was with the girlfriend at that particular point when he took your daughter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then he That's- moves on. He goes to Utah, gets the new life, has the kids, and he's yeah. with a different woman. And yeah. you then had got – so how did you get your daughter back? Because, I mean, well, God bless like her. I, I don't like you. It's, it's about the kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, you never well, like wanted I, to be Like I said, I think, I think things got so bad for him um, that he, he wasn't finally coping. was like, I just need to get the hell out of here. Right. And I think he knew that Tabitha wasn't in a good situation with him. He, right. He, so, he, he would never hurt her. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's a good – he's a good man. He is um, – but he just knew because of his mental state, yeah, he wasn't lot. stable. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. so that's why he was just finally like, I can't do this. And he knew it was best for him to just give up his rights. You know what I mean? And allow us to move on. Because by then, uh, my husband and I, um, I'm like, were we married yet? I think so that's yeah, what my I'm husband saying. and I were boy- married. The old boyfriend's gone. I'm just putting this together for the listeners. But the old boyfriend at this point, he's gone. The oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. I totally gone. left that out. So no, no, that's okay. Just... And now you, you've remarried yeah. your current husband. Yeah. Things have settled down and you get your daughter back. That's okay. I'm with when you. He took, when he took Tabitha, I left. I left that situation. Yes. yes. That's why he took her. And I was like, right. well, I know I'm going to stick around for it. Yeah, of course. I left. Yeah, I, I know. I, yeah. Yeah. I left there. I stayed with my sister for a little bit. And then in that time, you know, I met my husband, my current husband or whatever. Yeah. um, We've been together ever since, but then we ended up moving in with my grandparents and then uh, my husband joined the military. He went off to basic. And then um, I actually started going to school to become a medical assistant. And I was working um, in that time. And then um, I believe my husband was back came back from basic and then that's when uh my ex-husband gave up his rights at at that point Mm -hmm. i think that's given up his rights um and we got her back basically and so she was what getting on for four she was four yeah yeah because well my husband and i got married when she was four i think tabitha may have been a little under three i don't think she may not have been yet when he took her um because yeah he had her for at least for a year and then there was some time, you know, um, but yeah. So after that time, then sorry, I totally left that. Out. I'm like, as soon as he took her, I left the situation. I, I just, I yes, kind of yes, yes. and for me, it wasn't about who I was with anymore. It was about my daughter and I was going to do whatever yeah. I needed to, to get her back. And so I, yeah. like I said, I started going to school. I started working, moved in with my grandparents, you know, I did everything I could to get the situation stable. And I kind of sometimes think maybe that's just what he was waiting for. He was waiting to make sure that things were going to be stable before he took off. You know what I mean? And 
maybe even though it was like a shitty way that he went about doing it, that was kind of his goal was wanting to make sure she would be okay once he was gone. Because once he was gone, he knew he was going to be out of the picture, you know. So yeah, and uh, to this day, you guys talk, right? Yes, we've had moments where we haven't talked. Um, the women, I swear, that he date or gets with or whatever. It's all that typical shit, you know. The other woman doesn't <laughs> like the ex, blah blah blah. Me, I don't care, like at all. I'm like, <laughs> I don't care who you with. I don't care. Um, but this is about my, your daughter for you, I know. <laughs> yeah, my daughter's gone out there twice on her own I allowed her to go out there and both times it was a disaster with his wife and I'm like you know what that's it I'm like that's it I'm done like she's not going out there anymore if I'm not going to be there um and uh so we still communicate through tech or communicate and talk we did it for a while recently he got into he got in contact with me um and I found out him and his wife are no longer together. When he's by himself or on his own, we have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. We communicate just fine. We, you know, talk, you know, and, you know, every, we talk almost every day now because I check in on him. He's dealing with a lot. Uh, his, his ex-wife, the whole COVID thing, it's made her completely lose her mind. Basically. Shh. It's all right. Little Dev deals with a lot of dogs and they photobomb every time we talk. It's hilarious. So if you hear woof woof from from all different doggies, she's multitasking like the good the good dog mum that she is. Um, And her little dog, yeah. So that's that's yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting too, because you said he had he's got four other children now. Yeah. So this gentleman, not only your ex-husband's got Whatever was going on, did he sort out his mental health? And it's not that this is not podcast. It's not about him and, yeah. his, and his women and he, all that. This is about you and yeah. your daughter. But it's interesting that, um, yeah, I and I won't go. I don't want to go into too much about me. But it's funny how men will take you and say they want you, and then give you back. What you're saying to me is not foreign to me. But go yeah. on, yeah, yeah, he. As far as his mental, like he refuses to take med, uh, pills and stuff like that. He hates right. stuff. But he's, he's, learned- he's a guy like with doctors, and we're not professionals, yeah. by the way. And I'm not giving medical advice, <laughs> but you know what men are like. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to the doctor. I don't trust those guys. But he, he's he's kind of learned how to manage it. I guess you can. Say. Yeah. He hallucinates. Okay. He hallucinates and sees things, whatever. But he knows what's real and what's not. He knows what he needs to do to kind of just deal with it you know what I mean um so he, he he manages you know and again he works a lot he he's good at what he does so that helps with his time he's yeah. struggling a bit right now because he is missing his kids it's it's he's in a totally different place than when he was when you know him and I were married totally different situation you know he loves his kids and he's miserable without them because uh, right now she has them and he only gets them like for a day on certain weekends or something. That's where it's at right now, just for now. Um, so it's it's hard on him. Yeah, these family things get complex. The thing I'm interested in too is how's your daughter's relationship with him now? Look, because she was young, and I know I met my stepdaughter when she was three and a half, and they have you know um, the fact that 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 other woman was leaving marks on her is disgraceful, you know. And I'm, and that was not the woman that he had the kids to, right? That was a different no, woman. no, no. Again, okay. So, and as far as you know, the one that he had the children to 
was okay as far as treatment and everything else. It was just that you said that your daughter didn't have a good time when she went there for whatever reason. No, it, the thing is, is with her, she was one of those, like, um, she put on a good show, but she was one of those typical women that didn't like somebody else coming into her territory. You could yeah, tell. Okay. And even yeah. though Tabitha's a child, when Tabitha was out there, like the first time Tabitha went out there, um, you know, in Utah, they have like, uh, I guess, like the basements, but it's like a whole nother floor. Um, yeah, we used to live in a house you know? yeah. for the basement, yeah. And uh, so they had carpet down there. None of the dogs were allowed down there because their dogs would pee on the carpet. So no dogs were allowed down there. My daughter took her dog, which I knew in my head. I was like, this is going to be pain because even though they have dogs, they're not like animal people like us. It's kind of like the dogs stay outside, whatever, you know. And uh, Tabitha was really upset about something. She went down there and had scoopers, but she was holding her. And Jen told her that, she threatened her that she was going to call animal control and tell them that Squeakers bit one of her kids because she wasn't listening. And mm. I was just like, what the hell did you really just say that to mm. a kid? Mm. Which, okay. you know, you tell somebody that, you know. And so after that, I was like, no. I'm like, Tablet has to be out there when I'm not there because that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, you don't want you don't want misinformation going around or false accusations. So let's go back to you. So your daughter does have a relationship with her father today. Um, well, yeah, I mean they, they talk here and there. My daughter's 15. She's not necessarily yeah. the best at communicating or keeping in contact. Um, and to be honest, neither is he. Um, but I'm I'll reach out check on him or whatever and so if I get him on the phone then you know she'll talk to him but their relationship's good she's just a teenager so she's yeah not, yeah you know. and look the reason I say that is because for when she gets older and she might change her mind when she has a family and stuff and wants the kids to at least know who yeah. granddad oh, yeah. is you know so all right so that, that all sort of worked out for the best in the long run she's back with you she got the stability back and that was great yeah. we were chatting before and you were talking about Anger, <laughs> because as we know in sobriety, our feels are magnified like boom. Everything is just—it's just so much more than because we were so we were so numb and dull when we were drinking. You know, it was either we just didn't want to deal with it and we'd let things go, or you'd end up fighting over some silly old reason and just carrying on like a two bob watch. But now the feelings are real because we're sober, so. I feel like saying, so what are you angry about? Because it's like, I think we all hold a bit of anger and resentment sometimes. And even if it's towards yourself, you know, you've got to get rid of it. You've got to accept who you are, but that takes time. So what do you, what have you pinpointed yours since we last chatted? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was drinking, I had a lot of anger issues. I mean, I wasn't going around raging constantly, you know what I mean? But it didn't take much for me to get upset. And yeah. typically I would just, I was a yeller, you know what I mean? Um, since I quit drinking, there's like a calm, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know, right? calm. Even if something frustrates me or something needs to be discussed, I'll wait and I'm like, we'll come back to it. Let me process or, you know what I mean? I keep everything, I know how to kind of manage everything a lot better now. Um, but recently, it's getting, it's finally started to get a little bit better the past couple of days, but Man, it's been well over a week that I've been dealing with this anger and frustration, and I've had so much anxiety. I think part of it, too, was when I was 
sick. I didn't smoke. So I'm like, well, it's been two weeks. No reason for me to smoke. <laughs> but with all that frustration, withdrawal, I still, oh my God. yeah, I still wasn't smoking. And I think that was part of it too. Um, so, but I, I, well, I've had a couple, there's two different situations that they've just been fueling each other. I know the whole COVID vaccine thing's a big topic. I'm not Really, I'm not somebody that talks politics. I don't talk politics. I don't. No, talk we're not going to get into that. No, that's yeah, yeah. personal choice and what have you. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't do all that battling. You know, people know when they come over to hang out. I'm like, leave that at the door. You know, because everybody has a different opinion. Not every everybody I know has their own opinion. It's different. You know. So and, this, let's put it in perspective, and you don't have to go into detail about what the situation is. But this is something that is a new. Is something that you you're not feeling comfortable about right like it's come up and it's something that you've had to deal with yeah and it's like now i just feel angry about it but the interesting thing is you know like before you see we might lose our temper yell and scream a little bit or what and just sort of crack it i call it like crack it or spit in the dummy you know like baby spit the dummy mm-hmm. that's what we say in australia we can just crack the crack the jeebies yeah. basically but now you're halting you're taking that pause and say do you know what i mean like you're calmer about it and, like, you can actually put it to the side for later on. That's my buddy, King. It is. It's my little buddy. He's, he, he wants all the attention in the world from his mum, and he, when he doesn't get it, he lets her know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's so true, isn't it? Like, is he right? Is he settled? <laughs> yeah. It, they hear the dogs barking in out there. Um, yes, it's, so it's, quite a com- it's quite a compound and, and community you've got of your own going there with Wolfhoft. Um, but yeah, getting back to that. So the whole thing and the pausing and not just jumping and and being so reactional yeah. to our emotions, you know, I don't know if you cry easier as well and all the, all oh, the yeah. other things that come oh, to yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, like before when people used to accuse me of having menopause or you've got this, now they can because I feel like I've, and I don't get, mm-hmm. I don't get them anymore. But the, the feelings are big. They're real when you get sober. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of it because the, the, it wasn't even about the topic. It was a family dynamic. My daughter was being affected and whenever my daughter's affected, I go into mom mode. And I think that's why the, I think that's why the anger has stuck around this time when otherwise I've been able to get past because my daughter, my daughter's involved. And so that's different, you know, so it's harder for me just to ignore it. But I, I got rid of Facebook because that was one thing that was fueling the situation so I got rid of Facebook. Um, you know, I, I haven't reached out or anything to communicate. I'm kind of like, I'm just going to leave this. Oh, you know, if, other, if somebody wants to talk to me or communicate with me or fix a situation, they have my number. You know what I mean? And that's where I'm just kind of leaving it. Yep. Uh, a lot of the time in the past, I, I was always the fixer. I was always, okay, what can we do to fix the situation? How do we, you know, yep. make the situation better? Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's draining always having yep. to be the ones trying to keep her is. Yep. yep. So now I'm just like, no, I, it doesn't mean I love anybody any less or whatever, but I'm exhausted and I just don't, I, I'm tired of, you know, constantly. And sometimes I kind of feel like it's, I'm having to kiss people's ass and I'm not doing that anymore. You know, I'm yep. like, this I'm not funny. doing any, you know, yeah. I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, if I have a reason to apologize about something I do, I've never had yep. a problem Same. with coming up to my shit. So, you know what I mean? Um, but so, yeah, but it, this time around has been rough because, yeah, it's that it's just kind of been lingering. I've been doing my best to occupy my time and doing little side projects and stuff. 
but I'll catch myself like do working on these little projects. My breathing's all heavy. And like, I'm having this whole argument in my freaking head. Like mm-hmm. I'm actually talking to somebody mm-hmm. and I'll have to stop. And I'm like, I take a deep breath. Just like, stop thinking about it. You know, I have to tell myself like, cause I won't even realize I'm doing it until I can just feel I'm getting angrier and angrier. And I'm like, oh, like there's nobody even here. And I'm just like having this battle. So it's super frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, no, and that's where the serenity prayer comes in about, you know, basically letting go of, and then just if you can't control it, just let yeah. it be, you know what I mean? Because it'll it, time has a way of working itself out, working things out. I just do believe it does. Yeah. And you can't force situations of being the peacekeeper all the time and, and feeling like, you know, you should say sorry. And, and no, why? Why? Our boundaries have become stronger in sobriety, I think. Mm-hmm. And you see things just clearly. And if somebody wants to act, to act a particular way, then good on them, let them. Yeah. You know, as long as your daughter, in this situation, if it was me, it would be, as long as my daughter's all right, I've spoken to her about it. She's like, yep, let's just get on with it. You know, That's and leave it at that for the moment. I've talked to her and, and whatever, and she's just kind of like whatever about the situation. Um, you know, some things have come up and. So we, I, we communicate. I, I talk to my daughter a lot. We have a pretty good relationship as far as. Yeah, I know you're pretty goes. close. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and I, I just make sure I just make sure she doesn't feel bad or guilty or like anything's her fault. You know, that's my goal because she does battle with depression and stuff. And I, the last thing I want is for her to, you know, put anything on herself, but she's doing good. She's been actually socializing a lot, which my kid's never really been a, a real social kid. She's always been a homebody. And then obviously with being home for, she was home for two years. Um, well, because of COVID, but prior, um, she actually has this group of friends that she's hanging out with now at the park. And so she's been getting out and so she's been doing really good. So good. I've been making sure that it's just, it's not something that's brought up to her. Um, you know, and I told her too about the situation. I said, I don't want to hear about it anymore. You know, I'm like, I got rid of my Facebook. I told my husband too. I'm like, I got rid of my Facebook for a reason. Don't go and show me the post because I can't see it on mine. I don't want to see it. So they are aware, you know, and so it's, it, things are, like I said, starting to get a little bit better. It's frustrating, but it, this, this was the first time in two months that the anger just wouldn't go away. And it was super, super frustrating, but I'm just trying to make sure I stay aware of it. And then I go over all the options. Okay. Well, what do I need to do? So that way it's not, and I think Facebook was part of it new updates or this person posting this or whatever and it would just keep reigniting it reigniting it mm, you know what I mean? yeah and so that's why i finally just got rid of it and i told them i don't want to hear about it no and you know what and it's again a bit diverting your energies into something good you know the family within your own home um it doesn't mean you're closed on the idea if whatever or whoever comes back to you and no it's open for a discussion that's fine yeah. that's fine because I know that's the sort of person you are. You're super approachable. But, you know, this consuming us that, that we used to let happen, we've got to let that go and just accept that this is where I'm at right now and take inventory for that day. It's a bit like sobriety, you know. Um, you can get wrapped up in all sorts of things, but really I like to keep things simple these days. You know, get rid of as much toxic as I can, stay light, stay present, because <clears throat> I haven't had this before. And I don't want to let it go. I don't want anyone to spoil. Right. And it's not a pink cloud anymore. It's reality. This is just reality. We mm-hmm. still in life, we think if we, st- if we stop drinking, all oh, that problems are going to be solved. That is just not the case. 
They're still there. We still have to deal. We just deal with things in a different way, the way that we experience things in a different way, whether we, and we are experiencing more joy and even probably the times that you spend now with your daughter and your family and even the dogs and everything else, you know, you probably just feel like you're more, you know, accomplishing more each day and, and doing it probably with a, more of a smile on your face than before yeah, what else has happened i was gonna say what else has happened for you do you think i know apart from the being sick because that took up a big chunk of your time did you think about anything else and you thought wow you know um i mean honestly the biggest thing for me i think that I miss is like i said has been my attitude honestly it really that's been the biggest just change for me um I thought, like big, I think, attitude. It's big. Yeah. I think back at how things were, and I'm not saying that issues weren't there. It's not like I created all these problems on my own, but just thinking back about how things were handled or, you know, it's funny. My hangover days were as bad as me being drunk. If I was drunk, <laughs> just being belligerent, but my hangover days were. Oh, uh, I know. I it's like, get just, out of my way. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would be just as bad. It was like I was still drinking or whatever. And um, my relationship with my husband, I never realized just how much my drinking was affecting things. I mean, yeah, we still have the same issues, stuff we have to work out. But, man, I was making things so much more worse. Yeah. Just by how I was dealing with the situation. And part of it is, I think part of it is why things never really got worked on or resolved. Because I think my husband just didn't want to deal with me in general. So it made it, you know what I mean? It made the situation where it was just always over here. So I would get angry because nothing was being dealt with, but he wasn't dealing with it because he didn't want to deal with me because I was a crazy person. You know what I mean? So it was just like this circle, you know, and now I, even if I get frustrated, I don't get angry and I talk to him and then it, you know what I mean? Things just, they calm down. That's honestly the biggest the biggest change I think for me because um, I yeah my 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 uh, attitude and stuff really just played such a huge role in my life and you know how I dealt with everything and I just I'm glad it's not like that anymore you know even with my daughter I mean there were times I would be extra snappy at her and you know now I'm a lot more patient and you know, I'm happy she's able to go out and do these things. And a lot of the time I wouldn't want to take her anywhere or do anything because I was too busy worrying about being able to drink. I never drank, drank and drove. Um, that was never my thing. So I just wouldn't go anywhere. Nobody else would go anywhere because if I had to drive, it wasn't happening. I was drinking. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, those are other things true. that I don't have to worry about now too, you know, for her sake. You know, she can be active and, and do things now. And not have to worry about whether or not she can go because I'm drinking, you know. That's what I said. It's really good to trust yourself. And look, you're right. When we were drinking, the thing was we weren't dealing with anything. Everything was getting pushed to the side. You know what I mean? And a lot of the times we were unapproachable and nobody, I, I look back and I think, well, you're in such a bad place. Nobody would want to be around you most of the time. Like, and you, I mean, in your own home, obviously the mask's off. You are who you are. You know, when you go out and you're with other people, you put on a sort of a, a, a brave yeah. face, even though you feel like rubbish. And the same with, you know, if you've got to go to work or whatever, you've got to be cordial. But we're much nicer people now, you know, and and just not having that, I know for me, just not living with that anxiety, that's really important. That, that debilitated me. And then I didn't want to go out 
In fact, I, no, I was happy just to stay home because I couldn't take the fridge on my back, could I? The fridge right. was there. And, you know, I was happy just leave me alone, give me the remote, I'll do whatever I'm doing, get on the phone, talk to people. And it was so unfulfilling when I look back. I look at that chair that I sit in. It's the same chair now, and I think, oh, my God, that's this time last year. That, that's what you were doing, sitting there with a glass in your hand. Yeah. And now you're not. The telly's hardly on ever at the moment. I, I used to leave it on for company when um, hubby was in the office all the time. Now I can sit in quiet. and But all I do now is, of course, I'm on the I Am Sober community a lot and I'm on doing Sober Town stuff and it's like there's always someone to reply to on that. Right. And it takes up. Right. Even before I was on it this morning and I was trying to reply to people and the phone rang and it was my husband and I didn't realise it was quarter to 12 and I said, you're kidding, I thought it was like 10.30. <laughs> the time just flies, you know, and that's a really good thing. And that helps when you're productive for better sleep as well, you know, and just oh. to be able to feel good, you know. That's actually you the, say? the other big change. It was funny. I was talking, I told my husband that we're like laying down watching TV. And I was like, you know, it's so nice sitting here and actually getting tired every night. <laughs> I get tired. Yeah, he, he just kind of started laughing and I, well, cause he knows. <laughs> I have right here, I have my drawers that have all my sleep aids in it. I have actual sleep pills, but I hate taking them because they make me feel all groggy the next day. Yeah, and I have like yeah. over-the-counter sleep meds. I would have to take them every night. And on top of it, he would, as soon as he lays down, he falls asleep. So I'd get pissed off and just be staring at him like, I hate you. Why do you get to go to sleep? So no, I'm suffering. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And so now... Nine times out of ten, I fall asleep before him. Every time we go to watch something, I'm like, I don't remember that. He's like, damn it, you fell asleep again. Because he doesn't realize I'm asleep anymore before him. And that never, ever, in the ten years we've, or eleven years now we've been married, ever has been a thing. The only time I would fall asleep before him was on a really bad hangover day. Because by evening, I was done for because I felt like (laughs) shit all day. It was the only time. And so now I can actually just go to bed. And like I will be I laying know. there and I can feel myself tired. And it's not yeah. all this anxiety and stress about the fact that I know I'm not going to want to sleep and I like start battling in my head. And that's the other like major, major thing that I just absolutely love. I love sleep. Or being yeah, well, I, I went through a really bad time and apparently it is part of pause um, where I, I think it was around sort of six and seven months. I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. I was getting up at 2 a.m. I was going to bed and getting two hours sleep and just getting up. And I was talking to different countries and doing everything. And it was really bad. I was really unsettled. And I, when I look back now, it's only when I got to eight and a half months, about eight months, that everything just settled. In the last few weeks, I've been sleeping properly. I still dream a lot. I've still got two or three lives in my dreams. But yeah, that's okay. I dream a lot. They're not, but yeah. Even the dreams, do you? And they used to be more manic, like a lot more interactive, my dreams. They're calming down a little bit now too. Um, but they're still sort of all over the place. But they're, they're calmer dreams. But I've actually, like only getting up, where I was getting up to go to the, the loo three times during the night. Now I might get up once. And it's really crazy for me because I have this weird thing where I get up and the, the clock says 333. Three, three, and it happened to me four nights in a row. And it's happened oh, wow. to me. In other in other times, it's a really 
In fact, now I wake up to think, oh, my God, what's the time? I wonder if you can program your mind to bring, to wake up. It, it's on possible. I'm sure you could. Uh, it, it, it might be possible. Yeah, you wake up with the alarm in your head. Like, I would always wake up with, before the alarm went off. Always. That's it my neighbor. 10, 10 yeah. two, I'm awake, you know. My neighbor says that he wakes up. he wakes up one minute before his alarm is going to go off every <laughs> morning, regardless what time he goes to bed. He wakes up one minute before. Yeah. Me, I'm lucky if I don't turn my alarms off and go back to sleep and miss whatever I had my alarm set for. No, because it was that anxiety that would wake me up all the time because I knew I had a big day at work and I was always like, and that's why I went to bed early to make sure I got the sleep because I know that, and especially if I had a really bad day and I was really anxious about it. I'll be, you know, from four o'clock, it's like waiting, you know, knowing you've got to get up for a flight. And so you don't really get a good night's sleep that night because you're thinking, oh, is it that time yet? But alarms usually don't wake me up. I've always woken up beforehand, which gives me the the belief that as I've done with re retraining the brain in sobriety to not think about the addict voice to fight it off, I really think we, that's why we can do it. I do think that we can be. I mean, people get reprogrammed all the time in different right. ways, whereas, but sometimes not for good. Sometimes mm, not yeah, for good. Exactly. And we know you, we don't want to talk about cults and stuff, but people go into things believing weird, weird, weird stuff and they truly believe it. So, but yeah, so that sort of gave me the belief like, yeah, I can, I, I can do this. I can retrain and fight the addict, the addict guy off. And, you know, I wrote a nice poem to the other day, poems from the other day, as you know. So, so now at nine months, I'm feeling like, like I've given them given birth and it's all a relief. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Except I still got the big fat belly to prove it. But it's true. Like if it stays calm like this, I'll be really happy. Right. Because it it was it was all over the place. And people have sort of said to me about the first year, and I'm very excited to get to the first year. But then there are some people that said the second year has been crazy too. So I've given myself two years for whatever comes. But oh boy, it's so nice to get listeners. It's so nice if you can get up to this mark things do settle down and that's all i ever wanted was to get through the day normal without having to worry about alcohol and honestly i think i think for me regardless of how much time it's been or whatever my my biggest issue on my goal is you know they say to be able to you know not drink and and change that you have to change your surroundings your setting you know the things you used to do and i think that's my goal is basically just reshaping everything because my life in general is just one big trigger, <laughs> you know, like everything <laughs> I did. Yeah. It's just like every aspect of my life is, was basically revolved around drinking or some kind of stress or, you know, so I'm trying to just start changing things, you know, we're talking about possibly moving. It would be I was fantastic. Gonna bring that up. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna it would be, that up. Go on. it would be fantastic to have a fresh start. You know what I mean? Because I, I adore my neighbors. We have such a great community, but yeah. all of them are heavy drinkers. And so I just feel out of place. Like, it's just not my, I'm just, I mean, I could be around them. I don't have a problem with that, but it's just not my thing anymore. You know, being around a bunch of people drinking. I'm like, it's boring. No, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so I'm like, so it's, it's hard because there, there isn't a whole lot else to do. You know, so I'm like, it would be nice to change the scenery or, you know, I don't know. Because I'm like, I've been trying to come up. I have little things that I do to keep myself busy. But as far as like a family and like leaving the house and like, excuse me, we're struggling to try to come up. I'm struggling with trying to come up with things to do. 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, it's just, and it's, it's starting to get super boring, especially now that I'm like clear as far as COVID and everything and being cooped up because of that. I'm kind of just like, I really need to get out of the house. We need to like come up with some kind of something to do. You know, and you do, you do need to stay busy, but you have this vision now. You have this forward plan, and it seems to be that it's it's pretty solid. It's going to happen. Things have been put in place. The major thing, you know, being that someone's got the land, and you you know that you're going to be moving out of state, and it's very very exciting what you're going to be doing. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, um, a friend of mine. She's not the person I really work with with rescue anymore currently. Um, she has a senior rescue and uh, she's kind of same boat, not much left for her here. She wants a fresh start. And so she decided to, they were looking at places um, in Arizona and they found uh, a house in Arizona on five acres. And then she bought the property next to it. That was another five acres. So now there's 10 acres and it's already gone through. They're packing up, they're getting ready to go. They'll be out there beginning of November. Um, so she wants to have an animal sanctuary so not just for senior dogs but for other animals um that are um either people are saying are aggressive or are old or are sick because even the, the seniors she takes the shelters will call her um like one she just pulled um uh, has cancer there's nothing that can be done about it but she would rather them live out their time with her instead of getting that needle you know what I mean? Let yeah. them, obviously, if they're suffering, then no, she will do what she needs to do to make sure they're not suffering. But if they aren't suffering, she wants them to live out their old age and their, you know, their time mm -hmm. um, without just being put down. You know, Kingston here was actually on the euthanasia list just because there was no I room know. for shelter. And he's only I know. four. I know. He just turned four. So, you know, that's no our goal. Why sits, no wonder why he's gripped to you and sits on your lap. <laughs> he, he's like literally on my like I can't even straighten out my leg right now. I know now, he's, he's like hilarious. So I can see him listening. He's um, he's this beautiful little dog. He's gorgeous, yeah. demanding, but gorgeous. <laughs> he is. But um, but that's what she wants to do. I mean, that's that's what we it's do. A great vision. We pull from shelters. Shelters are where we pull from because there's out here. There's so many dogs being euthanized just because there's no space uh. or because they're injured. I mean, we've we've taken dogs that. They said we're aggressive, so only a rescue could pull. Some dogs are only rescue pull. Um, and the dogs were totally fine. He was labeled aggressive. I mean, he can be a little pain in the butt sometimes, but as far as aggressive, like he can't be. He's around kids. He's around other dogs. He does fine. And a lot of dogs get a bad rep, but it's because they're in the shelter. They're scared. So the wrong environment. It's exactly yeah. what it is. So that's, that's what we do. There's a lot of other rescues I used to work with and help, but you know, they, they will buy puppies from people and, oh. you know, and I'm just like, don't. Those puppy mills here, there's, no. there's like, dogs that actually need the help. The shelter dogs. That's our goal is shelter dogs. So yeah, hey, she's going to have the property and out there, you, there's no cap on the dogs as long as all the watering and the, the, you know, the shading, everything they need to survive and, and not, yep. you know, whatever, as long as everything's set up there properly, which she will make sure um, they're good to go. So She's hoping to have, you know, other types of animals. And and so it, it'll be great. And that's always been my dream. So um, we hope to follow her out there and be able to help her with that. And like, like I said, start over. You know what I mean? So that's our goal. 
I'm super And that's your giving back, isn't it, right there? Talk about giving back. That's yeah. And you know what? And it's going to bring you so much joy doing it as well. Oh, yeah. You know, and the freedom that you can do it under your own reins and you're not going to be constricted by all these laws and this and that and everything else. I mean, there's more, God bless, there needs to be more people like you and her in this world. They really do. Because, you know, it's not a monetary thing. And the same as Sobertown, it's the same with us. It's not. It's giving back and making sure that, you know, you listeners know that, hey, we're all just regular people that have one thing in common. Right. You know, we got addicted to alcohol. And yeah. it's, but the, the all walks of life and where people come from, you know, we're all so varied. And it's so interesting because half the time on the Zoom sometimes when we get together, I forget, I forget the real reason why we're there. Do you know what I mean? I just think, I was just catching up with my friends today, right. which I am. <laughs> yeah. And then the topic comes up about something to do with, oh, that's right. That's how I met you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. doll, what else do you want to add? Anything else? Um, I think the only other thing uh, for now that one thing I was thinking about this morning is, you know, I have my little things that I, that I do, but I have to make sure that I force myself to take time out for myself if that makes sense right like at yeah. one point I, I kept I keep myself so busy it's like okay dealing with the dog cleaning the house dealing with the kid running the errands because my husband works six days a week but I do everything else you know what I mean so I can stay busy you know but at the same time I I can I still I can find myself feeling a little down or whatever and it's keeping my mind busy but I'm not doing anything for myself you know and so I force myself not every day, because sometimes there's just things that have to get done. But I force myself to take time out for myself to sit down and, like I said, work on these little projects. For everybody, it's different, whether it's coloring or I'm building this little coffee shop that is so tedious. I know. It's, I'm well, like, I can't wait for this freaking thing to be done. <laughs> My God, it's tiny. I thought, what are you building there the other day? It was like a yeah. little, little, little house, doll's house, I thought. But, yeah. And you know what? If I was drinking... I never would have even no. Isn't that interesting? Like that. Yeah, ever. Yeah, the things you'll take on now because you've got more patience. Yeah, just organic, just organically, you've got all this good stuff happening now, and and even though I know we've sort of skipped through and we go through these things like oh this happens, it takes time, and these things are big things that are happening. Whether it's your attitude, do you know what I mean? Yeah, the feelings, the sleeping, the general just better health. All right, I know. The food thing and me eating, that's still out of control. I know that. But again, yeah, the first year, oh, that. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like one of those smokers that gave up smoking and now all I do is eat. Yeah. Um, but again, the first year I wanted things to settle down. And if it means I've got to eat a bag of chips to, to make me feel better. And I say to the addict boys, all right, just leave me alone. I'll eat the chips, but yeah, I'm not going to drink alcohol. And so, right. you know, that's it's better, it's better than the alternative. But I've really got to get a grip soon like yeah. yeah but that's that's just one thing that I would love to stress to people is make time for yourself I mean everybody's yes. different, whether you're into athletics or you know whatever your thing is or if you're looking for something new I've got like three different projects going trying to figure out which one I'm you know I want to stick with you know but it's it's taking that time out for yourself and and making sure you do it and it's okay it's not you know hurting anything to take care of yourself so that's one of the biggest and, things that I would stress because that took me a while to figure out, you know, because I, I would honestly feel guilty. You know, my you husband feel bad. so much that yeah. 
you know, I feel like if I'm just like sitting around, I'm being lazy. You know what I mean? Right. And where my husband's like, hey, just chill, do whatever. Like, you know, like he, he doesn't ever make me feel bad. It's me. Like I get in my head. You know what yep. I mean? Like, I and exactly. I'm like, it's, it's oh, got to okay. do with our upbringing too. It's got to do with my upbringing because I was always doing the dishes and helping mum and, you know, things had yeah. to keep moving in the house with kids younger than me and, you know, and it is okay to just stop and don't feel bad about it. You've got to have something to look forward to, which you do, whether it be small or big. They say don't make any major changes in the first year. Well, you'll see. You, I know this has been in the back of your mind yeah. for a while. Yeah. But, you the know, roof thing as we, we've been talking about for a long time, even before this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And with her getting out there, it's just that one thing that might help yeah. us, you know, but. Yeah. And if I think, if anything, that sort of thing for you, because it hasn't been a pre-plan, will keep your sobriety stronger. Do you know what I mean? Because you are going to be really, really busy. You're talking to me about doing little hobbies now. You probably won't have any time because yeah. there'll be big <laughs> hobbies. There'll be all these things to do and, and to make it all perfect for the animals and everything. So that, that's terrific in itself. And self-care is really important. And you know what? So what? you got a few extra pounds on, but guess what? We look healthy. You look healthy. Do you know what I mean? Your skin's good. Your hair's good. I've got long nails for the first time in my life to the point I can't even type. I've got the, I've got all these typos and I used to always admire my mother's nails. And now I've got the people who said to me, are they like, are they your nails? And I've said, yes, they're mine. They're actually yeah. my nails. It's, it is the weirdest thing because I don't know how to operate with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've, but, I've noticed that too about my face, like no, no major changes, but I was actually like, I reached out on Facebook because a lot of my friends are super girly. Like I don't wear makeup or anything. I've never, but so I'm like, okay, hey, people, what do I need? Or what do I buy? Because <laughs> I feel like I look old as hell. I had these like such dark no. circles under my eyes and they were puffy. And so I got this stuff. But once I quit drinking, it all cleared up on its own. Yes. And it was and crazy. your eyes and get bigger. It. Your eyes get bigger. Mine, because maybe you sort of say, oh, you got such big eyes. <laughs> In the end, they were like two little slits that had been because I had so oh they were just so puffy and and yeah. everything and all that all that goes. It's really interesting. So you know that you, you you're just so much healthier. And I was thinking about it today, and I thought because I try and just let the days just keep going. You know, don't pay too much attention to it now, and and it's just my norm. But it where we're at, like you and I were saying, you've doubled your time since the last time we've talked. And last time we talked was a huge milestone and now I can just tell by talking to you how you're settling into this this is just part of your life now you know you're like okay whereas before we were counting really really counting the days and we still do but it's it will become your norm and it's a really really good feeling it is is. and we do have to we do have to do things for ourselves and do not feel guilty absolutely guilt is guilt is super powerful those were the two that were the hardest for me was guilt and the anger and I would feel guilty all the time. I always had a hard time saying no. Everybody always knew that they could come to us. My husband's the same way. For him, it's working on people's cars and, you know, whatever. And now I'm just like, I can't. I'm, I, I don't say no all the time, but I'm getting better at doing it. And I don't feel guilty. And nobody's getting mad at me about it. You know, if I do say no, it's just like, it's okay. You say no if you have to. In any situation, now I think about, okay, is this going to stress me out? Am I going to get like super anxious and put too much on my plate? And and mm-hmm. if that's the case, if I have anything where my radar starts going off, I'm like, I can't, I just can't, it. you know. So. And again, when you're planning those days and everything, put some time aside for you and say, that's little Dev's time. That's my time. 
and, and, and you've got your boundaries in place now. See, there's so many things that we're doing and it's just, it's and a lot of it does come, it just comes organically and it's good because you matter, you're important and you're the best version of yourself to be for your daughter now and for your husband and your family. And it's just, it's, it's just, you know, as I said, you know, <laughs> what do I say? Uh, sobriety promises. Sorry, yeah. So, what do they say? Alcohol promised what sobriety delivers. That's it. Alcohol promised what sobriety delivers, and it is so, so, so true. See, being from Australia, I always get things upside down. All right. Well, on that note, we can say goodbye to the listeners if you like. If you don't have any more tips, I think, I think that was really good because. What you've told me and what you've shared for me is pretty much on par from what I hear from other people that are going through it, which is terrific. And the onion is unfolding and all these things are happening to you that are terrific. And your sleep's back, which is a big one because the sleep will heal. Yeah. It just heals us, you know, and Absolutely. that was really important. Yeah. So listeners, um, don't forget when you finish with us, have a look around SoberTownPodcast.com. Have a look at the tools. There's so much more there. In fact, one of the guys, Kilowatt, wrote a song. Did you see it? Yes, I did. That was based awesome. on a post that one of the other guys that it was at A Rod's yeah. post or was it Steve's? No, it was Steve K's. I believe. Unbelievable. And now it's on YouTube. So I believe that um, our CEO, Mr. Drifter, is going to put that on and oh, maybe start awesome. a music page. Yes. So we can have that's music wonderful. contributions as well. Yep. Which is terrific. And again, Sobertown is just growing and growing and growing. I think we're up to about 200, oh, I know, nearly 240 episodes. That's a lot. That's a lot of listening, listeners. If you've got a spare time, you're wondering what to do while you're doing the housework, put your earbuds in your ear and put us on. All right. Well, I want to thank you again. It's been a pleasure. I know good things are ahead for you. And um, I feel like I've known you forever now, and it hasn't even been that long. That's what this thing does. The bonds are so strong. It's like, wow, you see someone a few times. I've seen you every, every Zoom we do. You and yeah. I pop up there. There we are. <laughs> a girl. And um, so I just want to thank you again. And um, I'm right there with yeah. you fighting on. So for me, listeners, I'm going to say goodbye. This is King13. And I will talk to you hopefully again soon. And would you like to say goodbye, little Dev? Bye. Thank you for having me again. That's all right. And listeners, God bless and have a great day. And whatever you do. Do not pick up the poison, pour it down the sink, and I'll uh, see you next time.